Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Well, hey, it is a huge deal. It is a big deal that you are here with us today, whether it's your first time or maybe you've been with us here for a while now at Journey. It just, it's a little bit better. It's a little bit more special because you're in this place. And uh, if we haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Joey Salazar, and I, along with my wife, Zelly, who also leads our events team here at the church, we serve as executive pastors, and it is really a privilege, the joy, it's honestly a dream just come true to be able to do what we get to do. And uh, I want to just give a shout out, welcome to any of all those who are visiting for the very first time. Maybe you walked into this place. Maybe you walked into this place, you know, wanting just to check it out, or somebody invited you, or, or you got tagged in something, and uh, you've been looking for a home church. Hey, I want to let you know that, hey, you don't have to keep looking anymore, because you are in the right place right here. And so, come on, let's give it up for all of our first-time guests, Journey Church. And let's keep it going for church online as well. So good to see you, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We believe wherever you are at, the Spirit of God is also there with you as well. And so I'm so thankful that we serve a God who knows no limits. He, does, he knows no, no limits. And so wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, man, we just serve such a good, good God. I also want to give a shout out to uh, our incredible lead pastors, Pastors JJ and Liz. Come on, how many people here love our pastors? They are absolutely the best. Uh, Pastor JJ, you may or may not know this about us. We actually go back several, several years, maybe like uh, 12, 13 years, uh, something like that. He was actually the best man at, at my wedding. And uh, I remember that day he asked me, hey, is there anything I can do to make this day just a little bit more special? And I said, well, you know what? There is this one thing you can do. And uh, we, were, we were on a budget, all right? And I was like, well, uh, we can't get Chinese food forever. Everybody, but can you get me some Chinese food? I love Panda Express. Anybody Panda Express people? All right. And uh, I was like, you know what? It would mean a lot to me, man, if, if you know, that day I could get some Chinese food. Forget everybody else, but I'm going to eat me some, some orange chicken, somebody. And uh, that day, he shows up with a to-go box, and uh, we didn't even swap it out. Like, we didn't even put it on a plate. We didn't even change it out of the panda cup. On our, our wedding table there, my wife and I are sitting there. She has uh, our Latin food that we served everybody, rice and beans and meat and all that good stuff. And I'm over here with Panda Express and duck sauce and rice, and it was amazing. But uh, Pastor JJ did that, made that happen. And so that's really why our marriage works today. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. But... Um, <laughs> It was, it was off to a really good start, nonetheless. But I love Pastor JJ, Pastor Liz, his incredible voices in our lives. Uh, last week, talking about Pastor JJ, if you were here where you caught the message from last week, you might, uh, you might have learned something else about me, too. He kind of put me out there, kind of exposed me a little bit when he talked about my obsession, uh, my addiction. Uh, I can stop. I just don't want to. Um, with just... 
you know, online contest and uh, online contest. I see an online contest. I'm like, dude, well, I, I, should, I should try to win it, right? And so I'm always tagging people and stuff. But it's so funny that uh, this whole week, uh, I want to shout out a couple of people here who uh, I got tagged in so many online contests this week, like never before. And uh, I want to say thank you but I also want to say stop it, okay? <laughs> because I don't need to, I, don't, I want to give other people a chance to win, all right? Uh, no, nonetheless, I, I don't think I really have an issue necessarily with time management and how I use my, my time, my phone, and stuff like that. Uh, because honestly, for a couple years now, time management has been one of those topics that have really, uh, you know, it's always, it's, it's always captivated me. Like, I've, I, was, I was grateful enough, I was blessed enough that at a younger age, I, I had a mentor who, who got me started kind of early in personal development and energy management and, and time management and things like that. And, and maybe you've heard some of these phrases out there, but uh, I, I do have to admit, though, that it's not online contests that, that, that keep me hours on on my phone or online, but there's these other type of posts. There's these other type of, uh, of, of tests that maybe you've seen as well where, um, you know, they just make you think a little bit. And I personally am a thinker. I'm analytical. I, I, I'm going to think if, if I see a problem, if I see an issue, if I see something happening, man, I see it from like 10 points of view before I do something. Other people, they just jump. I'm like, no, let's think first, right? And so uh, you need both in the world anyways. And so I like, I like things that make me think. I love people who ask me questions that are hard. I, I might not have all the answers, but I like it when, when, somebody, when somebody captures my attention, when, I, when there's a problem to solve, like riddles. I love riddles. Sometimes when we're out eating, Joely can attest to this, sometimes when we're out eating at Chili's or somewhere else, we'll just pull out a phone and we'll start going through, through, through all the riddles. And all right, who can guess this? And, 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 and it's fun. Why? Because we like to think. I like to make us think a little bit. There's, there's some images that sometimes, and maybe you've seen some of these online as well, that help me think that make me see things differently. I'm talking about optical illusions, where, you know what, it's a picture of something, but when you look at it again, it's actually something else too. And I thought, hey, well, before we get into the Bible, hey, why don't we play a little game called, what do you see? All right, I even practiced that, all right? And so it's called, what do you see? I should be on the worship team. And so um, what we're going to do is I'm going to show you a couple of images on the screen, and you're going to tell me, what do you see? Here it goes. Let's throw the first one up now. What do you see? Anybody see some mountains? Anybody see some bears? All right. Some people, okay, now you got it. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. What do you see this? All right, anybody see like an older person's face, an old lady's face? Anybody see some, some, some guys riding on some horses, some soldiers there? All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's go to the next one. What do you guys see when you look at this? Anybody see some fish and some scuba divers and stuff like that? But then you also see some faces? You see treasure in the ocean. All right, let's go to the next one. You're like, I found Nemo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do you see when you see this? Lions and tigers and bears, all right? You see 
No, there's no bears. Okay, there's just, I was just being funny. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lion, there's zebras. All right, let's go to the next one. This is an oldie but a goodie, but have you seen this one before? What do you see? Do you see faces looking at each other? Or do you see like the outline of a vase or like a candlestick holder in the middle? You see both? All right, this next one, I think it's the last one, all right? This next one is the bonus level, all right? It's, this, is the, this is the expert level, all right? And so if you don't get this, hey, we can still be friends, all right? But this, I'm, I'm only challenging those who, who want to take it up a little bit, all right? Let's show them the very last one. Tell me what you see here. This is not a trick question. Anybody, anybody see a man's face here? Just kind of wave at me if you see a man's face, all right? Okay, cool. Hi. Nice to see you. All right. Does anybody see a dog? Oh, we got some dog people in the house, all right? You know what? If, if you're having a little bit of trouble finding it, maybe this will help you out. Can we help them out a little bit? Can we just kind of, can we flip it upside down a little bit? Somebody's laptop right now. Smoke is just... I never told you you couldn't flip it. I never told you that you had to keep looking at it the same way. I think one of the reasons why I love stuff like this is because it helps me remind myself that, hey, not everything is as it seems. And I wonder if today, you know, to be honest with you, I might not, I might not know everybody in this place. I might not know everybody who's watching online right now or listening to this podcast on mile two right now of their jog. But what I can probably safely assume is that we all have problems of some type in our lives. We're either one of three places. We're either in a problem right now. We're either, a, we're, we're either getting out, out of a problem, like we see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. It's all, we're almost there. Or we're at the beginning of a new problem and we're about to really get in it. And most of our life, if I can be honest with you, we're, in, we're, we're kind of going through this cycle. We're, we're, either, we're either in it, we're, we're getting out of it, or we're going into the next one. And, and so today I've come to offer you some hope, some encouragement, but not necessarily that you'll never have a problem again, but I've come to challenge your viewpoint. I've come to challenge your eyesight today. I've come to challenge your faith that maybe... We're just, maybe we've just been seeing problems from the wrong perspective. I want to teach you today. I want to tell you what I really feel like God has been screaming at me, teaching me these past couple of weeks in my personal devotional time that, hey, now it's not what it looks like. Have you ever said that phrase before? I know my kids have said that before, but I remember my son a couple of times. We've sent him to clean his room, and then sometime later we go and we knock on the door, we look, and he's like flat out on his bed watching YouTube or something like that, and what does he reply to me? It's not what it looks like. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it is, buddy. (laughs) You're grounded. (laughs) You know, like, what if I told you that We didn't have a problem with our problems. What if I told you we had a problem with our perspectives? I wonder, I wonder what if we we took the approach that, hey, not everything is as it seems because honestly, there's multiple ways of seeing the same thing. 
Have you ever been in a disagreement with somebody because you were both arguing about the same thing yet from two different points of views? Do you guys remember some time ago when online the whole thing about the black and blue dress or the white and gold dress came out? Like that's, that's separated families, right? Like that's separated. There are friendships that ended that day, right? Like because no, it's like this. No, it's like this. And, and, and it's crazy how the same thing can be seen by two different people in, in two different ways. I remember when my wife and I got married, it was legit week one. We were living in a small, humble apartment in Gainesville, Florida. And I remember that it was time to eat. We were going to prepare dinner. Uh, when I say we, I really mean more her. She was going to prepare dinner and I was going to eat. But you know what? It's week one and you're all in love and you want to do everything together and all that nice stuff. And so I remember I offered my assistance and I said, hey, is there, is there anything I can do to possibly help around the kitchen? Now, you got to know this about me. At least in that time, I really wasn't very familiar and accustomed to the culinary arts and the how to make my way around the kitchen. Like, I know how to open a fridge, right? But like, uh, as far as like cooking and putting stuff together, now I've learned some things. And uh, you know what? I, I had to correct myself in this particular service because somebody who was watching online had to remind me. They sent me a text message and said, you're lying. You know how to make some amazing tacos. And I said, you know what? I do know how to make some amazing tacos now, right? But in that time, I didn't know what I was doing. And I said, hey, is there anything I can help you with, babe? And she was kind enough not to like belittle me. She was like, yeah, of course, you can, you can uh, help me with the salad. I'm like, oh, that's easy. That's, I got that. Like, there's no way you can, you can mess that up. There actually is. <laughs> Remember, I got the vegetables, all the goodies, and I washed it, rinsed it, and put it in a bowl. And she said, oh, don't forget, don't forget the, the tomatoes, all right? Joely, you love tomatoes. And she was like, don't, you know, don't forget the tomatoes. And I remember I was like, oh, sorry, babe, I, I totally forgot. I went over to the table, got a knife, and, and started to cut it. When all of a sudden, she yells from the other side, three feet away, uh, of our small kitchen. She says, what are you doing? And I froze, and I stopped, and I'm like, I thought you asked me to do this. She's like, you're doing it wrong. I didn't know you could cut a tomato wrong. I'm learning stuff. Like, this is what marriage is about. It's about iron sharpening iron, people. And she's like, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, all right, let me see. How do you, how do, you do it then? And, and, and what we came to find out is that she, I like to cut in a certain way. She likes to cut it a different way. And we said a phrase that day that honestly has been with us ever since. And it's a phrase that now means a lot more to us now today than ever before. It's not the most spiritual thing, but it's something that we learned that day. And it was simply, there's more than one way to cut a tomato. Just because I don't cut it like you want me to, just because it's not maybe what you're accustomed to, doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's different. And, 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 and again, it's, it's, this lesson has come up over and over and over again in my life where it's challenged me to, again, consider the fact, consider the idea, hey, is, is there more than one way to see the same thing? And so today, I want to talk to you about it's not what it looks like, but as a subtitle, I want to give you this title, A New Way to See Your Problems. 
I can't promise you that you'll never have a problem again. I can't promise you that you're going to have money falling out of your pockets. I can't promise you that you're never going to get a red light again at the, when, while you're driving. I can't promise you that your kids are never going to talk back again. But I wonder, what if we could change our perspective? What if we can change the way we see our problems? Because I've come to understand this, and hopefully this blesses somebody. Sometimes spending time in the presence of God, it doesn't always fix our problems, but it does fix our perspective. Maybe you came into this place. Maybe you logged on right now and, and you're like, man, I, need a, I have a problem and God needs to solve it. Well, what if he doesn't necessarily want to solve your problem first? What if he wants to fix your perspective? Is it possible that maybe God is up to something else and maybe we just don't know about it yet? I want to share with you a passage of scripture, actually a couple of passages, um, and I say a couple because in the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is only two stories that show up in all four books. Different books have different stories, but there's only two that show up in all the first four books. And the first one is when Jesus dies and, and is buried, but yet comes back to life. And, well, oh, that's a pretty important story. I think we, we need in all the books, right? So that's understandable. But there's another story, which is the one I'm going to talk to you about today. And it's where Jesus feeds the 5,000. They're outside, huge multitude, huge crowd. Like, it, God, it, Jesus is teaching, and, and it's amazing. And he feeds them, but what the benefit we have today, us having the Bible now, is that we get to see from different points of view the same story. And it amazes me how the same thing can be seen by different people in different ways. And that's what we're going to read about today in Mark chapter 6. We're going we're gonna to start on verse 35, actually. We're going to start on Mark chapter 6, verse 35. Up until this point, Jesus has gathered his disciples. He's been teaching. Uh, th there's a huge crowd around them. And, and, and now, and now we're, this is the, the scene that we're, we're walking into right now, starting with verse number 35. It says, by this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him saying, this is a remote place. And it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. And we're going to stop reading right there. It's crazy because it's one issue, yet two different perspectives. We have the disciples, Jesus' first small group, right? And, 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 and he, he, they, they have, they're, they're probably hungry themselves. They've been teaching. They've been outside. They're, they're probably worn out and tired. and They're hungry. I mean, and it's understandable. And, and all of a sudden, they, they come up to Jesus and be like, hey, man, like, like you know what? Uh, we're not going to say we're hungry. Let's blame it on the people. Man, look at all those people out there. Like, they've been here for a long time. Like, they're probably really, really hungry. Like, we should send them away. Like, and we'll come, we'll pick this up another day. Like, hey, I think it's time. Like you taught enough. Like it's good to, uh, let's wrap it up right here. But yet Jesus sees the very same thing, the very same problem and has a whole different reaction. He says, we don't need to send them away. You feed them. One issue, two perspectives. Send them away. No, you feed them. Now go with me if you have your Bible. If not, again, they're on the screen. John chapter six, verse six. 
same passage, I'm sorry, the same story, again, just different point of view. The Bible says that Jesus says to Philip, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I, I want to highlight two things here because the first one is a question. Jesus is asking Philip a question. Where are we going to buy bread from? Now, there's several things that we believe about Jesus. One, that he's omnipotent means he's all powerful. There's nothing too big. There's nothing too heavy. There's nothing too difficult for our God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. We believe that he's omnipresent. He's with us right now, but he's with you online at home. We believe that he's with you when you go home. He believes he's with you when you're in your car and at work. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. We believe that he's omniscient, meaning he's all-knowing, like nothing catches him by surprise. There's, he's not up there taking e-courses. He's not up there trying to stay up to date on what the new things that are coming out. He just knows everything. And so I think it's so interesting why an all-knowing God would ask Philip a question. I think we got to pay attention to that a little bit. I mean, it makes sense if we ask each other questions. Man, if we have a conversation, if we go out to eat, if we spend some time together, it, would, it is not uncommon for myself to pull out my phone and pull up some questions. Legit, I have some questions that I ask different types of people, different, different people who speak into my life, like, you know what, a mentor, a friend, first-time guest, family, dads. Like, I have questions for everybody. I have questions for days. And, and that makes sense because I'm not very smart, and so I need to learn from your life, but... But why would an all-knowing God want to take the time to ask us some questions? And I wonder if the answer really wasn't because Jesus didn't know. I wonder if more is for Philip to really hear himself think out loud and see maybe what was on the inside of him. The Bible says there very clearly in verse, in verse number six that Jesus asked this again, where shall we buy bread? Only to test him. It was only a test. It was a setup. Jesus knew the entire time what he was going to do. All right, let's, let's be a little interactive right now. If I squeeze an orange juice, if I squeeze an orange, what's going to come out? If I squeeze uh, an apple, what's going to come out? Apple juice, right? If I squeeze a mango, uh, what's gonna, what kind of juice is going to come out? Whatever's on the inside is naturally going to come out. I remember a couple of months ago, somebody asked me about when, you know, we, we've been fixing up the building and all that good stuff. And somebody said, hey, we heard there, there was going to be a big sign on the, on the actual building. And I said, you're right. And it was a couple talking to me. And I said, you're right. I said, there's something that we really want. We're working on it. It's in the works, AKA just, I don't, that just means I don't know when it's happening, but it's in the works, right? And, um, but it's on its way. And I remember I did finish off the conversation saying, but you know what? What I do know is that today, we're actually a day closer today than we were yesterday to getting it. Yeah. And I said that. And the guy who I was talking to was like, oh, yeah, like, I believe that too. Amen. Come on. But his spouse, I remember she looked at me and she was like, are you really like that? And I said, excuse me? You don't know me? No, I'm just kidding. No, <clears throat> I didn't say that. I remember she, like, are you really like that? Or is this something you kind of like put on for us? 
And she was like, you just seem like you find, you're always hopeful. You always find something positive. You always like, you, you just, you don't get to discourage as much. Now, I, I'm not perfect by any means or anything like that, but I try really hard to like find something positive to celebrate. I try really hard. You know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with a little bit more hope than maybe you walked into this conversation. Why? Because whatever you, when, when life squeezes you, whatever's on the inside is, is what's going to come out. And so when life's pressures are on your shoulders. My question for you, now you don't got to say this out loud, just think about this and just kind of meditate on this, but when life's pressures are squeezing you, what comes out? What are the first thoughts that come into your mind? Don't say them. We're in church. When somebody cuts you off while driving, when somebody else gets the promotion, when, when they just got there and they got the promotion, when you've been praying for a man, and you've been praying for a lady. And it seems like everybody else is getting engaged. When it seems like everybody else is getting healed. When it seems like everybody else's prayers are, are being answered. What's on the inside of you? Here's a vision test for you. Ready? Do you see opposition or do you see opportunity? Do you see a problem? Or do you see potential? Do you see a mess? Or do you see ingredients for a miracle? Because your vision matters. Your faith matters. Your perspective matters. And whatever the Bible says, whatever you look for, you will find. That's why you've got to be careful what you tell yourself. That's why you've got to be careful what you declare over your life. That's why you've got to be careful what you say over your kids. Oh, you're so annoying. You had him. Be careful what you say to your spouse. Man, you never do anything right. If you're looking for something to complain about, you will always find it. But if you find something to celebrate, you know what? You'll also always find it. Because what you're looking for is what you will find. And what's on the inside of you is what's going to come out. The Bible says that when Jesus asked Philip, hey, how are we going to do this? It was only a test. Look at your neighbor and tell him it was only a test. It was a setup. It was a setup. Jesus already had a plan. Man, I really hope that this frees somebody. And I wrote it down like this. Before you had a problem, God already had a plan. Whatever problem you're going through right now, whatever problem you're facing right now, can I tell you, man, it would be freeing if you would simply change your perspective and see it as a test, see it as a setup, see it as ingredients for a miracle and know that God already has a plan in place and he's working behind the scenes on your behalf. He's working behind the scenes on your behalf. Before you had a problem, he already had a plan. Your problem didn't catch him off by surprise. He's not in heaven somewhere in the fetal position on the floor crying, surrounded by angels, saying, oh my gosh, I cannot believe she is going through that. What am I going to do? He is not scared of your problem. He is not intimidated by your issue. What if this thing got allowed it? Maybe he didn't send it, but what if he allowed it because it's a test to see really what's on the inside of you? Yeah. Yeah. We've 
got to be careful because what's on, we got to be careful what we label it. We got to be careful what we say because check this out. Well, our labels become lenses and our lenses become limitations. Labels lead to lenses that lead to limitations. We were in Tampa yesterday. My wife was very kind enough to to, uh, invest in my life and pick up some glasses for me. Uh, I don't necessarily need glasses, but I thought these were pretty cool. And so she was kind enough to get them for me. And so these are really in right now. I don't want to brag or anything like that, but, uh, you know, everybody's got them. But um, uh, they're pretty cool. I thought I'd I'd just kind of show them off to you a little bit. How do I look? Nixon, okay, bro? I think the youth call it fire today. Um, (laughs) Labels become lenses. I really can't see you, okay? So don't go anywhere because I I hope you stay there, right? Uh, Labels. Labels become lenses that then leads to limitations. And and, and I wonder what, what lenses you have on today. Your lenses are are provided by the labels that you've used. Your labels are, aka, just the words you've said over your life. Your labels are the the things that you've declared over your family, the things you've declared. I wonder if maybe we've been calling it the wrong thing and that's why we're seeing the wrong stuff. What if today we just had a change of perspective? What if today we all just went to an, we just went all to the eye doctor, God, and and, and we just had an eye test and, and he, and he, he removed them. I can see so much clearer now. I can see so much. I can see so much further. Now I can really see what's going on. But it wasn't until the lenses came off. I wonder if today there are some lenses. I wonder if there's some things that we need to throw down before the Lord. If we, it, it starts, if we're going to see our problems in a new way, there's four steps. The first one is you got to look in. You got to look inside. What's on the inside of me? Because whatever's on the inside of me is what's going to come out. If I don't like what's coming out, well, then I got I to gotta pay attention to what I'm feeding it. Right? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You ever heard somebody say something they didn't, really, they, didn't uh, you know, they probably shouldn't have, but then they try to fix it by saying, oh, I really didn't mean that. But it, you still said it. And if it came out, it's probably because it was there inside already the whole time with you. Like, you've got to pay attention to those things, right? Well, well you've got to look on the inside and, and see, how am I seeing? Uh, what, 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 what am I feeding my soul? What am I feeding my life? Because whatever's on the inside is going to come out. But then secondly, Jesus tells them, all right, if you don't have the bread, go and see who does. Go and look out. The Bible says specifically in Mark chapter 6, verse 38, he says, go and ask He said, go and see, go and see, look outside your circle and go see what you can find because I can do something, but you got to bring me something to work with, right? And so he's like, go and see what you can see. And this requires some vulnerability. This requires you kind of stepping out of your circle. This requires you kind of just stepping out and just saying, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, I, I don't have enough here in my life, Lord, but whatever I do have, I'll give it to you. The Bible says that they found somebody with some fish and some bread, and it didn't look like a lot, but when they gave it to Jesus, it became a lot. And maybe right now what's been holding you back from really stepping into your purpose, which again, today is next steps, and so I really encourage you to be a part of that. But maybe what's been holding you back is that you feel like it's not enough. I'm here to let you know, guess what? 
It's not. But you know what? It's exactly what God is looking for from your life. That's all he's looking for from my life. Just whatever I have available, just surrender it over to the Lord. Your gifts, your talents, your time, your treasure, all that which you have, just give it to him because he can make it become more than enough. But it starts with looking in. It continues with looking out. You got to go bring that. You got to go bring that in. And oftentimes, I think this is really interesting Uh, You know, the Bible ends with saying that there was 5,000 men in the culture during that time. They didn't count the women or the children. So this miracle honestly was was more thousands than just 5,000, 7,000, or depending how many kids they had. Uh, You know, a lot more. It was more thousands than just five. But it was somebody, the Bible says, a little boy with some fish and some bread who didn't count for nothing, but whose gift counted for everyone. And I wonder here today if maybe you have ever felt like I have before, just kind of out, out, you know, kind of outcasted, forgotten, different seasons of my life, just kind of, you know, forgotten, just left by the side or kind of overlooked or just not good enough or, you know what, just, uh, you know, just the last to get picked and things like that. I'm here to let you know that God doesn't see you as miscounted. God doesn't see you as forgotten. God doesn't see you as just on the side. You're an extra, you're, you're an extra to the extra to the extra, right? Like you're not just a backup. You're not, God sees you as specific. God sees you as one of a kind. God sees you as his son. God sees you as his daughter. God sees you as his. And God has an incredible way of picking the people that nobody else would pick to do the things that nobody else would ever do. The Bible says, I've, I will use the fool, I have chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. But when you put your gift, when you put your talent, your purpose, your life in the hands of God, it becomes something different. The Bible says that in, the Bible says in verse 41, Jesus taking the loaves and the fish, he looks up to heaven and he gives thanks. And then he begins to break it and then pass the bread away. The third thing we got to do, if we're going to look at our problems a new way, is we can't just look in, we just can't look out, but we've also got to look up. Surrender it. Give it to God. Your perspective matters. We got to fix our focus. Maybe you've been thinking it's a faith thing that you've been struggling with. Maybe it's not even a faith thing. Maybe it's a focus thing. Your faith is where it needs to be, but maybe you're looking at the wrong things. Maybe you're looking at the wrong places. I want to encourage you today through Psalms 121 verses 1 and 2. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I look up to the mountains. I look up. Maybe you've been walking around and your, 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 your eyes have just been looking down. You've been downcasted. You've been looking at just the scraps. You've been looking at the floor. You've been kind of looking at, at what's available, what's left. And God is saying, hey, look up and pick up your head and look up. I'm here. I've been with you the entire time. There's another revelation here. I will not have opportunity to unpack it. But you know when Jesus says, hey, how are we going to feed them? Where are we going to get bread from? The disciples say, we don't have bread. What's crazy is that, that phrase is both true and false. It's true because they didn't have bread. 
but it's false, it's false because they had bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. It was with them the entire time. And I wonder how many of us, maybe we're praying for things, we're waiting for things, and it's in the person of Jesus. And he's been with us the entire time. Oh, I wish I had more time to unpack that because it's right in front of you. You just don't see, you, you thought it was going to look a certain way, but it looks a little bit different. Man, I'm just here, and this is the final point. Not only look in, look out, look up, but you got to look again. Look again. Look at this thing again. Go look one more time at your situation, but this time look at it from a different point of view. The Bible says in verse six, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 12, that they go back again. And after everybody had ate and they ate really well, they had a good meal that day. Fish sandwiches for everybody. <laughs> the Bible says there were still left over. Twelve baskets full enough. The Bible says, though, and I love it. I love it here because the Bible says... Gather, Jesus, uh, these are the instructions that Jesus gives the disciples. Gather the broken, pre, the, the broken pieces that are left over. When I read the word broken, I was like, that's true, they broke it. I went back to earlier in the passage where we talked about looking up. The Bible says that Jesus looking up to heaven gave thanks and then he broke it. And I was like, broke is an interesting word. Because broken mean a lot of things for different people. I'm not talking about like money broke today. But that's one way you can think about it. I'm just thinking about, have you ever received a gift? Have you ever received or a package in the mail that arrived broken? Oh my gosh, the frustration. Oh, Amazon is going to hear me now. I'm going to get my money back and an upgrade. You know, like... They're going to know me. But the Bible says that Jesus broken. I thought that word was so interesting because for us, brokenness a lot of times is a negative word. Brokenness is something we don't want to, we don't like. In the natural, we don't keep broken things. In the natural, we don't, we don't, we don't accept broken gifts. We don't want broken stuff. I don't want to look like I'm broken. I want to look like I have it all together. But can I tell you that it's different in the spiritual can I tell you that it's different, that it's not, all, it's not until we have been broken that we can be a blessing. It's in our brokenness that we can be a blessing. And so I wondered, as I began to look back in my own life, moments that really didn't make a lot of sense. They looked like they were broken, but I just wrote down a couple here. I, I, it was a broken situation when I had to leave my home city. I was comfortable there, but God was calling me away. God, why would you want to mess up my plans? It was broken when my parents had to separate for a season because their marriage really wasn't working out. It, it didn't make a lot of sense then, but God, what are you up to? It, it didn't make a lot of sense when God, I didn't get the job I thought I was qualified for, the one I was supposed, like I was the best one to get it. Why didn't you let me get it? It didn't make a lot of sense there. When the relationships didn't work out, God, that hurt. Why did I have to suffer through that? It doesn't make a lot of sense. The conclusion I had to come to that day was simply the blessings of God don't always seem like blessings at the beginning. 
the blessings of God don't always seem as blessings in the beginning. And it's craziness because brokenness is what so much I was trying to hide from. And brokenness was so much what I was trying to stay away from. But it's crazy to think that brokenness is what Jesus was after in my life. And that is what he's after in your life as well. I want to introduce to you a, a Japanese art of pottery. It's called kintsuki. You might be familiar with this. It's basically where the craftsman, the, the, the potter, after fixing, after creating a, a beautiful piece of pottery, will intentionally grab it and throw it on the floor and break it. But not to throw it to the side, not to throw it away, only to pick up the pieces, come back to his work table, and begin to put it back together. His glue is, is infused with precious stone. There's gold and there's silver and, 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 it, and it looks something kind of like this. Can we, can we show like, it's, it ends up becoming something beautiful. But when you think about it, it's a whole bunch of broken pieces that somebody just put back together. And how amazing would it be that after today's message, we all were able to kind of turn the page, maybe flip the lenses a little bit and see that maybe brokenness in our life isn't necessarily a bad thing. What if brokenness is really what he wants for our lives? Because some things can't work until they're simply broken. I don't know anybody here, if this is you, God bless you, but I've never met somebody who eats the whole egg without taking that out of the shell first. If that is you, my friend, we will pray for you all by yourself for your digestive system. Nobody chews on an egg. You crack it. You break it. What about a glow stick? Like, it's cool, right? But it doesn't work until you, you break it. Can I tell you that maybe some of the things that God is really wanting to do in our lives, they're not clicking yet. They're not working yet. Why? Because we're so hesitant to be broken because we want to have it all together. We want to look a certain way. We want to, we want to you know, I give this, uh, we want to have this reputation of, of having it all together and all this stuff. But God, I believe, is looking for broken people today, people who will accept their brokenness, their, the, the, the difficult areas of your lives, the scars that maybe you have that you've gone through, that you've been trying to put makeup on, uh, on top of. The, the potter here, they don't disguise the dysfunction. The dysfunction is what makes these pieces of, of pottery so valuable. The more broken it is, the more gold it can have, the more precious it becomes, the more, the more expensive it is. And I wonder today if we've been looking at brokenness wrong. The Bible says that when Jesus brought the loaf of bread and he looked up and he broke it, he began to pass it out to the people. And here is the, the revelation that I want to leave you with today. And I really pray that it, it, it gets into your soul the way it got into mind this past week. The more pieces you become, the more people you can feed. If you just want to feed a little bit of people, that just means you're going to need to be broken just a little bit. 
but maybe you've been looking at it wrong this entire time. All that hardship, all that difficulty, all that brokenness. God, I feel like a million pieces. God, I feel like I'm all over the place. God's like, yeah, because you know what? You're about to feed a lot of people. That's why you had to go through some stuff. That's why it happened in your family. That's why that happened at your job. That's why it happened with your health. That's why it happened in your mental health. That's why you had those thoughts. Because the more pieces you are, the more people you feed. The more people you feed. And so God, don't take away the problems. God, help us fix our perspective. The Bible says that this was just a setup. It was just a test so I could see really on what's on the inside. Oh, does he really love me? Does he really trust me? Oh, do you really think that I can show up in your life? Today, I'm going to invite you to stand up with me. I want to encourage somebody today that what you thought was the thing that was going to disqualify you. What you thought was going to be the thing that was going to end your story. What if I told you that was the thing that God has been looking for and that is the incubator that God puts you in. And so God, don't take away my problem. <clears throat> this might not be a prayer for everybody, but this might be a prayer for some people here. God, don't take away my problem, but help me fix my perspective. Help me remember that, you know what? You have the last word in every situation. Kind of like similar to the image at the beginning of the message, that guy's face that I asked if anybody thought was a dog, and then it wasn't until we flipped it. I think that's what God's going to do for some people today. God's going to flip your perspective. God's going to flip your situation. God's going to flip your vision. And he's going to be like, look, look at what I've been doing this entire time. You didn't see it, but I did. You didn't know it, but I know. I, I, I was asking you questions because I wanted to see what was on the inside of you today. Maybe you're here in this place with every eye closed just for a moment of privacy. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what? I've been, I've been seeing wrong. Just, I've been seeing life through my perspective. I've been seeing life just through the way I wanted to. I've been looking at life. The, I've been trying to do my own thing. I've been trying. I've left God out of the picture. And that's why things haven't been working the way they have. They're, they're supposed to. But today, I want to give my life back to God. And I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want to recognize that he died, but yet he also resurrected. And today, he offers an incredible relationship with me. If you're here in this place and you want to accept Jesus into your life on the count of three, hands are already going up. I'm going to invite you on the count of three to lift up your hand high as a sign saying, God, here's my life. Here's my vision. I know I got some problems, but you know what? Perspective isn't going to be one of them. I want to see how you see. I want them to follow you and I want to trust you, God, that you are working on my behalf. If that's you, lift it up. One, two, three, now. I see your hands. I see your hands. They're in the back. Looks like the last row. I see your hands here in the front. You can put them down. Everybody repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus. Say, dear Jesus. I need you. I welcome you to my heart. I give you my life. 
with everything that it has. From this day forward, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give it up for all those who gave their heart to Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.